0: Well, hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us today for another edition of Radio Elevate. My name is Cody. And Jennifer is not here joining me this week. We've had an awesome time over the last eight weeks creating the Ultimate Summer Playlist. I truly, truly hope that that some of those songs and the additional worship songs that we put together are some great tools to enhance your personal worship when you're listening to worship music. We got to celebrate with a night of worship there at the church, and I just cannot explain how awesome it was to have an incredible time with members of Point Church, listeners of the podcast, and Elevate Youth coming together just to, to lift up God in song. It was such an awesome time. You could truly feel the Spirit moving around that room. It was an awesome, awesome experience. I hope you were able to join us for that. But today, Jennifer's not joining us, and as they say sometimes, all good things have to come to an end. In the series of the Ultimate Summer Playlist, as we're almost getting ready to move into the fall, as we're kind of in those dog days of summer now, uh, the Ultimate Summer Playlist Season 1 has now come to an end. We're getting ready to move into a new fall series. Last week, I announced a series on 1st and 2nd Kings. We're going to pivot just a little bit to that, and we're still working on... On the on the episodes, and we're working on the uh, the dialogue back and forth. We're working on the the scripts, if you will, for those coming up episodes. Uh, and quite frankly, we just didn't have the opportunity to have that ready for you today. So over the next handful of weeks, we're gonna do something a little fun and maybe a, a little different. We're gonna dig deep. Into the Cross Point Church archives. And we're gonna take a look at some sermons that we have preached there at Cross Point Church that maybe they've gotten lost to time. Maybe it's been a long time since you've heard it. Sometimes these sermons have a way of coming back around and and hitting you in, in just a totally separate place, or maybe you're new to Cross Point and you've never even heard some of these sermons. Over the next couple of weeks, we're going to go back under some of my sermons. We're going to go back into some of Greg's sermons, and we're going to break those down. Now, this week, Jennifer's not with me. We're not going to be able to actually sit there and conversate and, and break these sermons down like we're going to in the coming weeks. But for this week, I think you're going to... You're going to hear a lot from me, so I'm not going to dig deep and die and break these down any more than I already have, because this week we're going to discuss one of my favorite Bible stories there is. We're going to go back to May of 2021 and listen to a sermon that I preached on Gideon entitled, Overcoming Yourself. But before we get there, I just want to remind everybody that just like we do each and every week... You can join us over on www.radioelevatepod.com. The sermon notes for the lesson that I taught that morning is going to be right there. So if you've never heard this or you want a refresher, the sermon notes are available to download over on the website. As well as the worship songs that were sung that morning in that service is going to be there on the playlist for uh, for this episode. So make sure that you check all that out. If you like what we're doing on the podcast, if you liked the the Ultimate Summer playlist, if you like what we got coming in the future, please share, share, share. Get on there, uh, share our website, share the graphics, let the world know what we're doing over here on Radio Elevate so they can join in on the fun as just like we're having with you guys here right now. If you'd like to donate to us, be free to go over there to www.radioelevate.com. You can hit that donate button. It'll send you a link right to us that you can send that to us. And most importantly, if you want to join us in person, we are there at 111 Conley Road. It's Cross Point Church of Jonesboro each and every Sunday at a nine o'clock service and a 1045 service. And if you are grades seven through 12 and you want to join the Elevate Youth Group, we meet on 430, each and every sunday right there at Cross Point church now we're getting ready to hit the end of this semester so we have a kickball game coming up as this episode's dropping tonight over at the wetlands park it's a makeup game we got rained out last time we were going to try this event we're gonna be over there at wetlands park 4 30 come join us for a night of fun fellowship and we're gonna have some kickball fun going on Next week, Elevate Youth is not going to meet. We're taking that as a summer break. But then the following week, that I believe is August 20th, Elevate Youth is starting its brand new in person fall series. That series is going to be entitled Mythbusters. Make sure you come and join us and have a great time with us in person. Well, as I said, Back in May of 2021, a little backstory is that uh, my son had just been born in the hospital. We had just gotten out of the hospital with him, and uh, Greg, unfortunately, had a death in the family. So he calls me and says, hey, we need a... Uh, Uh, I'm going to be out of town. Is there any way that you can preach this Sunday? And he wasn't out of town for the sermon, but he was uh, out of town for the time leading up to. And as if you've ever had to uh, put a funeral together, you know that the responsible parties, uh, right after the death of a loved one, it's a really busy time as you're having to make the arrangements for services and that sort of thing. And we were right in the middle of a series entitled Overcome. And, and that series was really cool. We talked about a lot of things that we were able to overcome in our lives. Uh, we talked about how we had to overcome sin, overcome the world, uh, overcome a lot of things that honestly, we could. I think we could revisit this series today and it'd be a totally new thing. And Greg just called and said, hey... If you'd help me out, preach on whatever you want to. But it's funny how God works is the entire time that this series was being taught, I kept waiting for the title of a sermon to be overcoming yourself and how you've got to overcome that self-doubt in your own life. So when Greg called me and said, Well, preach on anything you want, I said, Well, I'd like to just stay in this series and do one called Overcome. And he said, or overcoming yourself. And he said, Well, Seems like you've already been thinking about this. So Gideon is one of my absolute favorite Bible stories. Uh, I'd heard a sermon on it not long after I'd rededicated my life to Christ. And, and it's just one of those that really stuck with me. So today we're going to head back to May of 2021 where we were uh, at Cross Point Church. We had already gotten to the new building, but we had not been there long. And this is the first, I believe this is the first time that I actually got to preach in the new building. So here it is, Overcoming Yourself, the story of an unlikely hero and Gideon. Thank you to the worship band this morning for leading us to worship this morning and opening our hearts to the word of God today. A few years ago, Jennifer and I decided to take up camping and we did like most campers do we started with a tent and then we moved to a nice little pop-up camper and then we finally purchased this little small 15-foot hard-sided camper and we absolutely loved it and we started to go out and make trips we'd scheduled one for georgia we were talking about possibly going to florida and don't even mention all of the state parks in tennessee that we were going to visit and When Memorial Day weekend rolled around that year, it was really only about our second or third time that we'd taken the nice camper out, and we decided to go up to Roan Mountain for the weekend, and we had a a great time that weekend. Uh, Bree and Dakota and Matt Stout came up there, and the folks that really became the core members of the Elevate leadership team came up and hung out that weekend and had a great time of relationship building, and then the worst part of camping came that's when you got to hook the camper up and go home and when we returned home we were going through those normal pains of unhooking the camper and having to get it situated and bring all of our stuff back inside and we'd sat down to watch tv and jennifer had got up to uh, go to the restroom and i don't know how long she was in the restroom but i know that it was right around three minutes Because exactly three minutes later, she came out of the restroom as I was putting a load of laundry from our washer to the dryer, and a look on her face as she was walking towards me, I looked at her and went, oh my God, she's pregnant. (laughs) And I was right. She looked at me and could barely get the words out, I'm pregnant. So the rest of that day was spent buying a couple thousand more pregnancy tests and maybe telling some of our closest family. Then the next day came, and the excitement of pregnancy had not faded, but the realization of what was getting ready to happen in our lives kind of did, and I'm not sure that up to the point of my daughter being born that I'd ever even held a baby in my life. So the nerves started creeping up, and started worrying about finances, started worrying about diapers, started worrying about all these things that come with your firstborn baby. And at that time, I didn't have to make as many trips to the church building as I do now, but I made a special trip that day to 1148 East Main Street, and I'm pretty sure you're familiar with the location. And I sat in the back row and I prayed. I prayed harder that day than I believe I'd ever prayed in my life. I prayed because I had a lot of doubt in my mind about raising a child, about working with kids. If you elevate parents, that should make you feel really good. (laughs) And it's not that I wasn't grateful for the blessings that God was putting on my life. I just sort of started thinking that maybe kids weren't for me. Maybe God didn't give me the skill set needed to raise children. So I prayed for comfort. Because I needed God's help. I needed God's help to do the right things to prepare my family to grow. And I sort of felt bad because I was fighting this internal struggle between joy of having a child and fear of having a child. And I was questioning really what God was asking me to do with my life. Now, I know that I'm not the only person to ever doubt myself or doubt what God was asking me to do in my life. We're all fighting some type of spiritual battle in our lives and within ourselves that we really have to overcome. Today's hero is a man that really struggled with doubt. And if you'll turn to Judges 6 verses 6 through 8, we're going to discuss one of my absolute favorite stories of the Bible as we look at the story of Gideon. So let's kind of set the stage just a little bit for the time period of Gideon it's an interesting time in the history of Israel we're in a time of judges there's this cycle of fall redemption and grace from God that happens over and over again and it usually happens by a neighboring country coming in and overtaking Israel it happens so much that it makes me think wouldn't it be great if we just learned the first time that God taught us something I know. And it's not just an issue during the time of Judges. Today, we battle that every single day, a battle personally and spiritually. But spiritually is by far the most important way that we fight that battle. During Gideon's time, his primary battle was with the Midianites. They were the rival country that was coming over to make Israel rely upon God. And this time, God was really laying it on thick to Israel. Israel had went through seven years of hopelessness. Their crops were being destroyed and harvested. Their livestock was being taken from them. As a matter of fact, Israel had lost all hope. They were outnumbered, they were outpowered, they were outmanned, and quite frankly, they were just out of luck. So they had to retreat back into the mountains. Basically, Israel was going into hiding. And it was during this time that God typically used judges to deliver Israel from their bondage. Now, this time, God didn't send a judge. This time, God sent a prophet. Now, in today's terms, that's kind of like your car breaking down on the side of the road. You needing a mechanic, and God sends you a teacher. They wanted help out of their situation, but God sent them an education. And by doing this, he was able to do two things for Israel. He was able to convict them of their sin, and he was able to educate them for the future. As much as Israel wanted that immediate help and immediate relief, God knew that's not what they needed. We want that too in our own lives. Whenever we're battling something spiritually, we want that immediate relief, but God really needs us in that moment sometimes to interpret our circumstances. Because without that, our hearts don't change forever. Our hearts just change in the moment. And as we receive victory over whatever battle it is we're struggling with, we go on to forget about God. And God wants us to spiritually educate us on to be reliant on him. More important as a believer, it's more important to be spiritually reliant on God than it is to experience the absence of pain. And Israel is not experiencing an absence of pain at the moment. As a matter of fact, let's look, look at the word Midian for just a moment. The name Midian in Hebrew is translated to the word strife. And in Israel's case, and typically ours, our strife is really with God. Fundamentally, we have an issue with keeping honor and glory for God. We take a why me God approach when we're facing some type of internal struggle in our life. Fundamentally, we have a problem with God's ultimate victory for us. We have a fundamental difference of opinion in thinking that we know better than God does in our lives. We would rather remain stubborn In our own circumstances, then give up control and rely wholly on God. Here's the problem with that God's always right. And God doesn't really care about our strife with Him. He cares about reprogramming our heart to be in line with His heart and His calling for us in our lives. Any battle you're facing today, whether it be addiction, abuse, neglect, any hot topic button that we can put right here really stems from our strife with God. See, we think that we know best for what to do with God's creation. Think about that for just a second. We are God's creation. We are His. He has ownership over us. He has ownership over our sin, over our addiction over our entire being. And we think that we know better of what to do with his creation than him. We have all these stories that the Bible tells us, Gideon did too, by the way, of this fall, redemption, and grace. Yet we still think we know better in our own lives than God does for us. And that strife that I mentioned a few moments ago really manifests itself a lot of times as an idol now today idol worship isn't exactly the same as it was during the time of Gideon we're not necessarily having to pull down statues of a pagan god but we are fighting idols in our own lives via the phone via social media via time, music, or a whole cast of other struggles that we look for advice before we look to God for advice. Israel's real problem that they're struggling with here is not with the Midianites. Their real struggle is a lack of faith in God. That's our problem too. It's not sin. It's not addiction. It's not whatever we're battling. It's a lack of faith in God. Because we rarely view our circumstances that we're in, in a use me approach. We use our circumstances that we're in to ask God why we're in that approach. And it stems from that lack of faith. We say that we have the faith, but when the rubber meets the road, we have a really negative attitude about how God and what God is teaching us in that moment. So today, here's the question I want to pose. Is God trying to get your attention this morning before he can deliver you from your circumstance? Is he requiring you to lay yourself down and place your faith wholly in him and reprogram your heart to his understanding? Well, if you are, you aren't the first, you're not the last, you're probably not even going to be the next. This morning I want to introduce you to our character for the day as we're going to talk about Gideon. The first introduction that God has to Gideon is when he calls him a mighty warrior. Greetings, mighty warrior. Now, Gideon does not look at himself as a mighty warrior. Not even a little bit. I imagine that if I was standing beside Gideon when this happened and he heard greetings, mighty warrior, Gideon probably did something like me. But he was talking to Gideon. As a matter of fact, Judges six fifteen says, but Lord Gideon replied, how can I rescue Israel? My clan is the weakest in the whole tribe of Manasseh, and I'm the least of my entire family. Have you ever thought like that? If you think back on that this morning, did you ever think I'm not good enough to do what God is calling me to do? Have you ever started throwing a lot of worldly excuses out there as to why you cannot fulfill God's will on your life? It's interesting that God calls Gideon a mighty warrior at a wine press while Gideon is in hiding. Gideon is scared, he's hiding, and he's harvesting this wheat for his family when he's called upon. It at least shows us that Gideon's determined. And he sends an unnamed prophet to Gideon to give Gideon this reminder of what God has already done for you. This tells us a lot about the peace that God gives us in our life when he's calling upon strength that we don't know that we have. He's reminding us of the good things and all the bad things that he's delivered us from already. He's given us a hope for the future and faith in him. He's really teaching us that in times of peril and times of self-doubt, we can't forget, forget about the goodness of God. And we can't forget about the prior victories and reminds us of the victories that are to come from God. So God's first request from Gideon is not nearly as big as the ultimate request that he's going to have for Gideon. The first request that he has is that Gideon tear down a statue of Baal. Baal is a pagan god of fertility. God or Baal is an idol. That reminds us of something. That we have to tear down the idols in our own lives and our own fears to have complete faith in God. Really, the statue was torn down at night. And I can't help but think when I read that that a lot of our initial struggles are battled under the cloak of darkness. Our struggles sometimes are not for others to see. Maybe it's for fear of failure. Maybe it's for worldly acceptance. But we like to hide our relationship with God. And it also reminds us that Gideon's first battle is fought close to his home, which reminds us that God meets us where we're at. We don't have to go out and seek him. God wants Gideon to restore his immediate social circles. He wants Gideon to break that generational cycle that keeps falling from God. Anybody ever heard that excuse before that my granddad was a whatever? So I'm certainly afraid I'm going to be. But that doesn't have to be true. The only thing you have to have is God to break those, <clears throat> those ancestral cycles. Your ancestor's sins don't have to be your reality. As a matter of fact, Joshua taught on this very shortly right before this happened. In 24:25. he said, But if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the God of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates? Or will it be the God of the Amorite in whose land you live now? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. I love that particular verse because my sister-in-law always had this particular verse on a picture up above her toilet. So I was reminded of this every time we visited family. <laughs> but God allowed this mighty warrior to succeed in tearing down this statue. He escaped persecution from the local authorities for tearing down the statue. Now by this smaller victory, Gideon's faith and confidence in God grew. He started to go from a I can't do this mentality to a maybe I can, which reminds us how important the smaller victories are. Look, losing five pounds may not sound like a lot, but for somebody struggling with their weight, that's a lot and a big victory. For somebody that has problems with alcohol, not taking a drink of alcohol a couple nights a week, that's a big deal. Those small victories are incredibly large steps in your faithfulness of God. But as our faith grows, our trust in God really shouldn't be questioned, but it is. Because when we experience those small victories, we like to take the credit for the hard work that we've put in. But the problem with doing that is that we fall back into our own insecurity. And that's exactly what Gideon did. And it shows itself by placing conditions on your relationship with God. God, if you'll just do this for me that I'll follow you faithfully. But our relationship with God is not a quid pro quo relationship. And look, I've been there before. I worked in a job situation that I absolutely hated for 10 years. I despised it. And I can't tell you that I didn't pray that exact prayer before. But the thing about that is that that doesn't work. Because that quid pro quo relationship with God is very self-serving. It doesn't work, and it really shouldn't. Because God's done so much for us already. Who are we to place conditions on God's relationship with us? It's really this simple. When God calls upon us and requests something, then His will should be done. One of the ways that we refer to God is as our Heavenly Father. So when we question God's will for us, and we start that, why God, why? His answer to us should really be what every father's answer is to a kid asking why. Because I said so, that's why. But for Gideon, when he asks why, God actually plays along. And that really gives us this picture-perfect example of God's patience that he has with us. It gives us a great picture of God's own understanding of our own insecurity. But it doesn't matter how much patience is there. It doesn't matter how much understanding that God has. God's will does not change. It's our hearts that has to change. So let's enter the story of the fleece. Judges 6, 36 through 40 says, Then Gideon said to God, If you're truly going to use me to rescue Israel as you promised, prove it to me in this way. I'll put a wolf fleece on the threshing floor tonight. If the fleece is wet with dew in the morning, but the ground is dry, then I will know that you're going to help me rescue Israel as you promised. And that's just what happened. When Gideon got up early the next morning, He squeezed the fleece and wrung out a whole bowl of water. Then Gideon said to God, Please don't be angry with me, but let me make one more request. Let me use the fleece for one more test. This time, let the fleece remain dry while the ground around it is wet with dew. So that night, God did as Gideon asked. The fleece was dry in the morning, but the ground was covered with dew. See, this fleece now is already representing A brand new idol in Gideon's life. This fleece is already representing godly insecurity. God has already up to this point served Gideon faithfully with all that he's done. And Gideon still can't put all of his faith in God. Really, because Gideon is trying to serve two masters here. Gideon pleads with God to stay with the world which is giving in to his fear instead of serving God. He's putting his fear over God. He's doubting God's ability. But God is determined to comfort Gideon's heart. He wants to comfort Gideon's heart during his struggles, which tells us how relentless God is when he's trying to chase our own heart. And isn't that amazing? that God is absolutely relentless with us when we're questioning his ability. But the question is, how do I put my faith wholly in God? It's ignoring that fear and serving a godly master. Because God gives us the free will to choose whatever master we want to serve. We can trust God or we can trust social media we can trust our phone, we can trust the news, we can trust whatever else, or we can trust God. But when you choose God as your master, all of those other insecurities that I just mentioned, they fall in to the right place of where they need to be. The fleece is Gideon serving the wrong master. And he doesn't have any reason to. In verses 12 through 21, God assures Gideon three times of his faithfulness in already upon the meeting. This is where the battle with overcoming yourself really starts. We have to stop doubting God and saying, I can't do something. Because that's really just an excuse to not follow God's will. Saying the words, I can't, is really saying the words, God won't. And the only thing that God will not do is let you fail in glorifying him, even if it feels like you're failing in the moment, as long as you're serving that godly master. So now, the battle for Gideon's been accepted. The circumstances have been looked at. Doesn't matter how dark the outlook is. He's accepted God's will. Placed his faith in God. It's then and only then when we're trying to overcome ourselves that we can really get to work. So now everything up to this point has kind of been the preparation for the preparation. We've kind of started at episode four when we could have started at episode one and the ending have not changed. So We put out a cattle call for people to help Gideon. They put out a sign out front that says, Help Wanted. And when they do that, 32,000 volunteers show up to help Gideon. Now, this battle with the Midianites, to give you an idea of the numbers, Scripture tells us that the Midianite army has around 135,000 soldiers in it. So the ratio at this point is 1 to a little over four with a strong favor on the Midianite army. Those odds are highly improbable, but I don't guess that they're completely impossible. But when we go into a battle, we need dedicated troops. We need dedicated support. We can't have half-hearted support. Our support has to be useful. It has to be godly. And it has to be dedicated. So God gave some of these folks an out. And he says, look, if you're scared, you can leave. No questions asked. Hit the road. And when he gives them an out, 22,000 of the volunteers take them up on this offer. Because this battle that Gideon's getting ready to have to partake in has went from being just a good idea To an ultimate reality that really tells us a lot about fringe support in our lives when we're having to face some battle in our lives that fringe support when things get real kind of tend to fall off just a little bit and that's okay they're not needed in this battle they may be needed somewhere else in god's story because defeating yourself And forgetting and defeating the Midianite army, it's not a numbers game as we're getting ready to see. The next order of business is that we have to get rid of the mean wells. What's a mean well? A mean well is somebody that means well, but does a little bit more damage than they do good. It's kind of like you asking me for help when your car breaks down. (laughs) It's sort of like asking your grandparents for help on a computer. We'll help because you asked us. We'll help because you've not told us to go away. But we're going to do more damage than we do good. So he gives them a test. He has them all get together and head down to the creek. Because in my mind, when I read this story, we're in Carter County. And he tells them, or he tells Gideon, For the folks that kneel down, scoop up some water, and drink it like a good civilized human being, those are your troops. The ones that bow down to all fours and start licking the creek like a dog, they gotta go. This is how I really know Israel is a lot like Carter County. 9,700 people drop to all fours and start drinking from the creek like a dog. leaving only 300 soldiers in Gideon's army. For those of you that are into those ratios I was telling you about, we've went from one to four to about one to a little over 450. This battle has become humanly impossible for Gideon. And here's the thing. The odds are really important to this story. Because we struggle with the entirety of the battles that we have to face. If we're under a weight loss plan, 50 pounds is a lot. A 12-step program seems like a long shot for somebody struggling with addiction. These things take lifetime changes. But doubt makes victory on the battlefield an impossible reality. But we can't lean on our doubts or our own understanding. We'd rather sit sometimes in our current situation as opposed to give the glory to God to get out of it. Without God, Gideon is facing down an impossible situation. And when you're fighting the battle of overcoming yourself, sometimes that looks like an impossible reality to get through whatever hill it is you're climbing. But luckily, Children's Church Day 1 we're reminded of Philippians 4.13 that says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There are no odds, no matter how strong against you, that is greater than the power of God in your life. An interesting side note right here, right before the battle. God actually provides comfort to Gideon via the Midianite army. A soldier dreams a dream of Gideon taking over the Midianite army. And God allows Gideon to sneak up to the enemy camp to hear a soldier telling a fellow soldier this. He knows that a supernatural fear has been placed over the Midianite army. This soldier clearly has some faith in God. But Gideon's enemy unknowingly inspires Gideon. That really kind of reminds us that sometimes we need to hear and understand the view from the other side of our struggle, especially if that view is godly, especially if that view can help. It may be encouraging. So now the stage is set. Faith's in check. Support's in check. Now we've got to make a battle plan. Gideon divides his soldiers into three different teams of a hundred and I can't help but think when I read this, how important it is when we're facing our own battles to have support teams with different areas of expertise. We need different views, different help from different people and now the only thing that's missing are the weapons. Now in Gideon's times, you couldn't head down to David's slingshots and more and purchase weapons. You had to rely on God's blessings for your weapons. So what does God give Gideon for this battle of 135,000 versus 300? He gives him a clay jar, a lamp, and a trumpet. If I were one of the 300, his army would have went to 299 at this point. Because I really think that these weapons kind of show us God's sense of humor a little bit. Because if you don't see the humor in this, you're not reading the Bible hard enough. But it does remind us that we don't always know the entire picture of whatever it is God's asking us to battle. We just kind of know the next steps that we have to know. So at around 10 o'clock Israel Standard Time, The Midianites troops, or the Gideon's troops, surround the Midianite camps. And with their left hand, they break the clay jar. With their right hand, they raise up the torch. And with their trumpets, they yell a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. And upon that call, the Midianite army's running around confused. They're killing themselves. And I can only imagine Gideon his army sitting up way in the hillside, looking down and laughing. They thought they were surrounded by a huge army. They were so confused. Gideon's army only had 300 men, but it had the most powerful weapon that the Midianite army did not. They had God with them on their side. And when God is your most important weapon, he's your most important advisor, and your trust is in him, you're not going to fail in whatever battle he's asking you to face in your life. See, without God, Gideon would have failed. Without God, Gideon would not have even had the courage to to attempt this battle. But we learn about courage here that courage is not the absence of fear, it's trusting God in the midst of your fear. 2 Corinthians 12, 9 through 10 says, My grace is sufficient enough, my power is made perfect in weakness. Without our times of weakness in our lives, these battles that we struggle within would be impossible to complete and put our faith in God. It took God breaking Gideon down and making odds absolutely impossible for Gideon to have full faith in God. And likewise for us, it's impossible odds that we have to stand against for us to put our faith in God. So today... I'd like to leave you with just a few things to think about. First, acknowledge your weakness in your battles. Allow God in your life and in your problems so that God can battle those with you and those problems can turn into God's successes. Second, true courage has nothing to do with you or your confidence. It comes from the assurance and the presence of God. To overcome ourselves, We have to abandon our own understanding and rely faithfully on God and God alone. And lastly, when God does something amazing in your life and he gives you victory over an enemy or any battle that you're facing, and it's something that God and only God can do, give him the praise, the honor, and the glory for it. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you this morning for this time to study your word, Lord, and whatever battle it is that we're facing today, Lord, we just ask for us to put entire faith in you. God, we ask that we put ourselves aside and that we quit worrying about what I can't do and start worrying about what you will do. And God, we ask you to take away the why me attitude during the battles of our lives and accept and give you honor for the use me version of our life. Well, as you can see, Gideon is such an unlikely hero that God was able to use. Have faith in yourself. Know what God is calling you to do. Know that God himself has a plan for you and that when God is on your side and you are truly submitting yourself to God's will, absolutely nothing, can defeat you. Accept the battles that God has put in your life because those battles are God's battles that he's asking you to fight for him. And that's where we are in the world today. There's a battle around us of sin everywhere we look and God's asking us to be soldiers in that battle so that we can honor and we can glorify God. Hey, thank you so much. Again, if you like what we're doing, make sure that you share, share, share the podcast. Let the know what we're doing right here we thank you guys so much for joining us we just we've had a great time in this podcast so far we can't wait to get you the next series that we have coming your way on the series of radio elevate but for now want to thank you so much for joining us here today i thank you and we miss jennifer today but she'll be right back here with us next week for this week my name is cody this has been radio elevate I thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you right here next week as we're going to break down another one of my sermons. It might be my favorite sermon that I've ever had the honor of teaching. We're going to break down Matthew and his dinner party. We'll see you next week on the program. Have a great week.